All right. We want to continue where we left off. But, I, you know, if you all will <laughs> uh, bear with me, I really would like to do a little bit of a, a do-over. Uh, God had given me this thought a little late on uh, last week, and I did not feel prepared to go forward uh, with the Bible class. But, you know, I went forth anyway. Uh, but as I was preparing to go through the second part of this, I realized how much meat I left on the bones in the first part. So um, we're going some of this, I, I know, will be a, a uh, recap, uh, a do over. But I still will encourage you, if you have not seen part one, to go see part one of this out on uh, Facebook. Uh, but we will be doing uh, covering the patterns of the end times part two on tonight with a recap, a recap. And certainly we got that uh, scripture, this thought from Matthew 24 and 25, better known as the Olivet Discourse. Amen. Uh, Jesus gives us patterns of the end times. Now he said, no man knows the day or no man knows the hour. But when you see these things happening, my God, you know, the end is soon to come. And I don't know about you. Amen. I'd hate to come this far and to miss out now. Amen. And there ought to be an urgency. There ought to be an urgency of now. Amen. To uh, check your house and see whether you be in the faith. Amen. Um, David said, created me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit. My God, I want to be holy. I want to be acceptable. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let them be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, my God, you're my strength and you are my redeemer. My God, when I have gone away, when I have gone astray, my God, you are the one that can bring the only one that can bring me back. Amen. So in this Olivet Discourse, Jesus shares end time patterns that I think we need to take into consideration because they're right before our very eyes. And, and if you don't study the word, if you don't know the word, they can be happening. My God, and you don't even know. He said, my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My God. So we're looking at the unfolding, the end of human history, the unfolding of the end of the world, as we know, uh, when we're dealing with things, uh, the end of the world, we know, and even in uh, the prophecy of Revelation, it's apocalyptic uh, language that can be hard to understand at some time. But uh, he said, I'm going to give you pastors after my own heart that's going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. So you're in the right place, my God, and you're, you, you're, you're listening to the right source. He said, I will give you pastors after my own heart that's going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. And I'm reminded of the Ethiopian eunuch, amen, when... Um, uh, who was it that came to him? Uh, my God, it skips my mind at this time. He said, understandest thou what thou readest? Amen. He said, how can I accept some man guide me? Amen. So God has given us, God has given us a guide. God has given someone, amen, that can teach. He said, how can they hear 
Come on, somebody. My God, God has given us a preacher. Amen. How can the preacher preach except he be sent? Amen. God-given, God-inspired, God-anointed ministry. My God. So people, where there is no vision, the people will perish. Amen. So I thank God he left on record, left on record. He's laid up sound wisdom, uh, not just the Bible, but our uh, teachings from our bishops, amen, that have gone on before, books that have been written, amen, to let us know, amen, the sign of the time. So God is following his own divine order, much as we saw in the six, uh, seven feasts of Jehovah, amen, Six is fallen short. Seven is perfect, the perfect number. Amen. The seventh feast of Jehovah, we found out God is following a pattern. And most people uh, don't understand God's pattern because they don't know God. Amen. So what do you mean, Pastor? I mean, God is acting upon his own divine character, which is love. He's acting on his own divine character, which is love. Amen. And this is a bit of a recap, but we went to first John four and eight. And it's the simple reason that most people don't don't know God. Uh, The Bible says, for he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. My God, who is my neighbor? My God, we see so many people, so many people being left behind. There's a lack of compassion um, in the world and just, you know, the events. You know, God said, I'm going to do a a, a marvelous work and a miracle uh, among you. So your wise men uh, and your prudent men shall fail. Amen. Do you ever wonder? Uh, what's going on in Congress, what's going on in the Senate, Senate what's going on in government. Uh, so much is happening that uh, people seem to lack compassion. My God, uh, you know, if we just think about the, the people of Ukraine, if we think about the people of, uh, of, of Gaza, uh, the innocent lives that are being lost and, and people are content with just plain politics. My God, and um, they had uh, Mark Zuckerberg up there um, uh, apologizing to people that have lost their their uh, children and loved ones on social media. Uh, But Mark Zuckerberg should have told them politics have been killing people and killing people right now way before. My God, the the social media ever took uh, took off. Come on, somebody. My God, politics are killing people right now. They seem to have no compassion at all. Uh, And it says, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. How could you sit back? You know, my father used to always say, uh, it's impossible to love and not give. Come on, somebody. The Bible says God so loved the world that he did what he gave. It's impossible to love and not give. 
Come on, somebody. My God, you can give and not love. You know, a lot of times people give to be seen. They give because they want to be notarized. They give because they want to go up on the donor list. Amen. But it's impossible to love and not give. My God. Uh, Jesus said, these people, they draw nigh unto me with their lips, but their hearts. My God, they do not exhibit, they do not exude the divine nature of God, which is love. Come on, somebody. My God, David said, behold, I was shaping in iniquity and sin that my mother conceived me. Behold, I desirous truth in the inward part and in the hidden parts shalt thou make me to know wisdom. My God, if a man lacketh wisdom, let him ask God. Amen. And certainly uh, until an individual that is born, he said, uh, unless the man be born again, he cannot see. Simple as that. You won't have the love of God in you unless he's dwelling on the inside of you. Unless the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And certainly John said, if everything that could be written concerning Jesus, amen, the book, the world could not even contain the book. My God. So we, none of us never know everything. My God, Paul was the one that was caught up into the third heavens and got revelation directly from God himself. He said, whether in the body, I cannot tell, or out of the body, I cannot tell. Come on, somebody. Uh, but when he got re revelation from God and he took it back to the other apostles and he said he was not one went behind. But he said, when I look at it, I look at it through a glass darkly. Come on, somebody. My God. So everybody's not going to know everything, even when you get over here. But certainly you're not going to understand it from the outside. Except a man be born again, he cannot see. We can explain some things. You're not going to see it. There's people that have a doctorate in divinity, uh, a degree in religious studies, and uh, they don't even know um, that they must be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Because God has not opened up their understanding. My God. So we see here, you got to be born again. It is of his divine principles. He's revealing to us a uh, divine pattern. Amen. In, in Matthew 24 and 25. Amen. And certainly I talked about the reason patterns are so hard uh, to be understood is because they are carried over a long passage of scriptures. Amen. You just can't read, uh, you know, a snippet of God's word and discern uh, the patterns, amen, and the Bible is full of patterns and types and shadows, amen, in, in revelation and prophecy, certainly uh, some things are hard to be understood because people don't read enough, amen, it is covered over a large portion uh, uh, sections of the Bible, amen, I gave the example of picking a fabric, if you were picking a nice suit, uh, you just get a little swatch. And sometimes when you get that suit uh, made up, you're like, oh, my goodness, that that wasn't quite what I thought, because now I'm on somebody. Uh, you stretch that pattern out or you stretch that pinstripe out or even a solid color. 
uh, when you get enough of it, you say, well, you know, that really wasn't uh, what I thought it was. I gave the example of ordering some fabric for uh, my living room furniture being reupholstered. I picked the swatches and then I went and ordered uh, a yard of the material that I bought so I can take it and lay it over the furniture. Now I can see it's a better, it's over a larger portion. Amen. Especially, I would even do it with a solid color, but especially a print. Amen. Because if it has a pattern in it and you got to swatch that big, you don't see the whole pattern. And the reason people don't see uh, uh, biblical patterns because they do not read enough of the scripture. Amen. So um, it's so important. It's so important that we know that we can't take a snippet of the Bible and discern the pattern. And certainly the one that we're talking about on tonight uh, is in the Olivet Discourse. It's uh, Matthew 24. And we want to read verses one through six. All right. I'm going to go a little bit fast because I know this is review. This is review. But I have some things that I do want to share that I didn't have in the first uh, part of this Bible class. All right. Matthew 24, one through six, an example of a pattern. And Jesus went out and he departed from the temple and his disciples came unto him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, see ye not these things, all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the end of thy coming and the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, the first thing out of his mouth, take heed that no man deceive you. And certainly, my God, if we ever been living in a time now uh, where minds of individuals are deceived, it certainly is now. He said, for many shall come in my name, saying that I am Christ. I am the anointed one. Amen. And shall deceive many. So the first things out of his mouth is deception on top of deception. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. Amen. Don't let your mind be troubled. He has not given us the spirit of fear. Amen. But we have a sound mind. Amen. For all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So in this particular passage of scripture, we have the beginning of a narrative or a pattern of the Olivet Discourse. Amen. Now, when we talk about the Olivet Discourse in its entirety, we're talking about the entirety of Matthew chapter 24 and Matthew chapter 25. All right. It's also, if you're going to cover this and understand the whole pattern, amen, I would uh, go to uh, Mark the 13th chapter. Uh, you need to go to the beloved physician, Luke uh, chapter 21, amen, and I would suggest reading them all, amen, uh, because the Bible says there's here a little and there a little, amen, precept upon precept, line upon line, amen. Uh, you have to put it all together and then you get the conclusion. 
my God, of the whole matter. Amen. And it takes hours. It would take hours even dealing with this particular pattern. But I, I, I think it's so important that we understand this one because this is the one that we are dealing with uh, right now. This is relevant right now. Amen. And so um, if we go and we read, let's, let's just look at uh, verses one and two again. All right. He talks about the pattern of the temple, pattern of the temple. And this is where uh, I've added some some more information. Those of you are taking notes, this is a good time to get your paper and pen. Um, I'm going to do a graphic also, but you've seen this one before. But you can also do a screen. If you do a screen print, it comes out pretty good. All right. Um, let's look at uh, this again. And we're going to talk about the pattern of the temple. All right. Matthew 24, 1 and 2. And Jesus went out and he departed from the temple and his disciples came to him to show him uh, the buildings of the temple. Amen. And Jesus said unto them, see ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Amen. So one of the patterns that we're going to understand to know uh, it is the end times is that that temple is going to be destroyed again and again. Amen. That temple, that Jewish temple in Jerusalem is going to be destroyed multiple times. All right. So when did it start? It was torn down in 606 BC. And this is the information I did not have in the first uh, class. And I made sure I had time to pick it out and put it in this one. In 606 BC, it was destroyed and Daniel and the Hebrew boys were taken captive. Amen. Uh, that temple was rebuilt and it was torn down again by the Babylonians. That was in 586 BC. Amen. 586 BC. Amen. All right. Now, uh, Zerubbabel. This is the second temple, Zerubbabel, the first wave that was in 536 B.C. And we find that in Ezra uh, chapters one uh, through six. Amen. Zerubbabel was the first wave. We have Ezra was the second wave. And this is the second temple was built in in um, in waves or in sections. So Ezra was the second wave that was 455 B.C. And we find that in Ezra chapter 7 through 10. And finally, we had Nehemiah, the third wave, and that was 445 BC. And we find that in Nehemiah chapters 1 uh, through 3. And it was 70 years. Now they built the temple, but it was 70 years before the walls were completed. My God. 70 years to rebuild that second temple. Amen. All right. It was torn down again by the Romans. Uh, well, actually, um, King Herod uh, got some um, uh, some accolades for remodeling the temple. Some, some Bible theologians say that he uh, rebuilt the temple, but no, 
he actually remodeled and gave. He was trying to appease the Jews and uh, get on their good side. So he did some remodeling of the temple. Um, and then it was torn down again by the Romans in AD 70. All right. There was an upheaval of the Jews. Amen. The Romans came. They tore the temple down and left the Western, left only the Western wall, which is standing today. Amen. And that is quite a important religious uh, symbol uh, for the Jews today, and they call that the Wailing Wall, and they're at that wall right now. My God, wailing, amen, looking for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But look, he said, no man can come to the Father except the S-O-N draw him. Come on, somebody. He came to his own, and his own received him not. Amen. What did he do? He gave Israel a bill of divorcement that he might could take him. He might take him a Gentile bride. And we find that in John 10. He said, and other sheep that I have that are not of this fold, them I must bring also. I know somebody. Uh, those that were considered dogs. That was us. Come on, somebody. Those that were wild by nature took us out of that tree that was wild by nature and grafted us into his tree. And he said, if the root be holy, then so are the branches. So I'm glad. I'm glad I got uh, uh, grafted in. Come on, somebody. My God. But he knew from the very beginning, amen, that he must include us as well. Amen. All right, so they're at that wailing wall, that western wall today, amen, uh, but you know, there's a time that God is going to turn back. Now, we've read that scripture a number of times in, Ro in Romans. He's going to turn back to his people. He said, Israel is my son, my only son. Come on, somebody, and Israel will be saved, but they will go through hell on earth. You think you've been through hell on earth? Not so. When when the um, um, uh, the after the rapture and the tribulation period, my God, everything that we see now will be unfettered. It will be took, and only the mystery of iniquity doth already work, and only he that letteth will let. So God is just holding His hand on evil and murder and mayhem and rape and all of this crazy stuff that we see. But when he takes his church out, it will be unfettered. But yet there will be a remnant. And that's what Daniel was talking about. What's going to happen to my Jewish brethren? My God. But God is going to save them. God is going to save them. Amen. And certainly. Okay. So it was broke, uh, tore down again in 70 AD leaving the Western Wall, all right? Uh, it will be rebuilt again by the Antichrist. Uh, when the church, uh, the revealing of the, the Antichrist, the son of perdition, the son of ruin, uh, that will be the beginning. Uh, we know that when he is revealed, the church will be taken out, all right? He is going to come on the white horse. He's going to negotiate peace. He's going to be uh, they're going to think he's a man of peace, but he's not. 
He's going to be disguised as a man of peace, have the answer for global warming, have the answer for um, uh, world peace, have the answer for, you know, um, uh, emissions, have the answer for world hunger, amen, have the answer for plagues and all of these things. He's going to negotiate peace in the Middle East. He's going to buy the land to rebuild the temple. He's going to rebuild that temple. You know, somebody, my God. And certainly at midweek, when is that? Midweek is that three and a half period, three and a half years of the week, seven year, a, a seven year week of the tribulation period. The Bible says at midweek, three and a half years, he's going to cause the oblation to cease. He's going to get on the throne and he's going to tell the Jews to worship him. And that's when their eyes will be open. And all that's the um, the abomination of desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel. Amen. And that uh, is going to be utter destruction. It's going to break out again. And that temple is going to be destroyed yet again. My God. All right. Now, during now, we don't have a we don't have a time frame for that because the Antichrist has not yet been revealed. But we know, as Bishop Paddock would say, Bishop Herman would say, my father would say that spirit is alive. And he's he's alive and well and dwelling among us today. That was one of the things that stirred me up when I was a young guy uh, in, in Bible class. And I'm looking around like, <laughs> where is he at? He's alive and well and dwelling among us today. That that caught my attention. Uh, my God, and certainly um, it, it's talking about that spirit. My God, that spirit of rebellion, that spirit of destruction, that spirit of hate. Don't you see it? It's happening all around us. My God. Um, especially that that rebellious spirit, everything that's anti-God. Amen. By this uh, shall we know, because many antichrists are going to come. This is how we know that it is the end time. So many people are anti-God. That spirit, uh, it is alive and well and dwelling among us today. All right. So it's going to be rebuilt, be rebuilt again during the millennial reign. When Jesus is going to come and make all things new. Amen. Um, and certainly you wouldn't think that this temple was going to be destroyed, but it will. Amen. We talked about how he's going to come uh, and uh, rebuild uh, the temple. And he's going to uh, establish uh, the throne of David. And he's going to sit on that throne and he's going to dwell and rule amen, and serve as both king and priest, amen, and certainly how the earth is going to give her, uh, give uh, man its strength, come on somebody, uh, how uh, you will be able to uh, plant a row of, uh, of of grapes, and by the time you get to the end of the row, they're already vine ripened, come on somebody, how the uh, the lamb, the um, and the lion and the lamb will lay down together and 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 eat grass together, and the the child will reach into the cockatrice, the the den of the venomous snake, and 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 pull the snake out, and there won't be no harm. Come on, somebody, my God, He's gonna make all things new, 
and it's going to happen um, uh, within that thousand year millennial period. Now, remember, when he comes back and fights the Battle of Armageddon, beast number one and beast number two are thrown into the bottomless pit. Now, when you go there, there is no return. You know, we we talk about to hell and back. Well, <laughs> uh, when you go to the um I'm sorry, the lake of fire, the lake of fire. There is no coming back. That is the final resting place. But Satan is thrown into the bottomless pit. We covered this in in Revelation. And, um, you know, a lot of times I'm referring people back to the time when we were uh, going through Revelation. And I have to apologize because sometimes people ask me, well, what which Bible class was that? And as I go back and look through those Bible classes, they weren't labeled. We were going through the um, pandemic at the time. And I thought we did a better job of labeling those Bible classes, but it's hard to uh, navigate and know exactly which Bible class I was covering uh, that particular subject. So uh, if you're ever in that uh, predicament, just go through them all. It's going to take you some time, but it's all good. It's all good. All right, so beast number one and beast number two were thrown into the lake of fire, but Satan was put into the bottomless pit and he was held there for the until the thousand years were finished and then he was loosed for a little season. Y'all know somebody, my God. And after God making all things new, He's going to allow Satan. He's going to lose him. And Satan is not going to have no problem getting him an army to come and fight and march on Jerusalem. Come on, somebody. And that's when God is going to show up with his sword in his mouth and he's going to speak. My God, there's going to be fire come out of his mouth and he's going to burn uh, Satan and all of his army. Come on, somebody. And that same fire, that same fire, we talk about wood, hay, and stubble. Those things perish in the fire. Fire, But what about diamonds and pearls and precious, precious stones? Come on, somebody. That same fire destroys one, but yet it perfects another. Amen. And then finally, we see John says in Revelation 21, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the um, the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. My God, there's some significance to that. Many times Israel was attacked by their enemy and they would come by way of the sea. But now there is no more sea, no way for the enemy to get at us anymore. Come on, somebody. And I, John, saw the holy city. It was a new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. My God. So now we see the patterns of the temple. Amen. That temple is going to be destroyed over and over and over again until finally, my God, God is going to establish it and it will survive and be there forever or eternity. All right. We also have a pattern of wars and rumors of wars. Amen. And certainly the wars are getting bigger. 
the consequences are getting bigger. People are dying. Um, innocent life, innocent blood is being uh, shed. We talked about the war in Ukraine. We talked about the war in Gaza. Uh, is, has spread because now United States, at the death of the three American soldiers uh, that were killed, we now expanded it to Yemen. Uh, the Houthis to the north uh, have gotten into uh, Hezbollah and the Houthis have now gotten into the fight. Uh, you know, and I don't care how much Biden say he does not want to expand the war is going to expand. That's what the word says. Israel is at war. Amen. What about cyber wars? A lot of it we don't even hear about, but that's included too. Wars and rumors of war and cyber wars are included. You'd be surprised at how many um, uh, companies have their data locked up. They're locked out of their own uh, databases. Amen. And uh, there are companies that um, they're being held ransom. Uh, as a matter of fact, U of M had something going on not too long ago. Uh, it really didn't come out as to what what it was, but uh, they had their systems. They couldn't get uh, to them. Amen. Uh, so, you know, that is going on more than we even know. I received a number of uh, incidents where people are saying, well, we're going to pay for you to have free credit monitoring because your information was uh, compromised. Anybody receive that? Amen. So uh, this is where the next frontier of wars are taking place. Cyber war. We're talking about the latest scare about um, Russia being able to deploy a satellite with nuclear capability that's going to knock out other satellites. That That's just in, folks. Amen. Now the House is, you know, uh, Congress is all upset and they want it to be declassified. And why you would want to declassify that and put everybody in a state of shock and in and, and, and a frenzy, I don't know. But, you know, there's some people, they just love drama. My God. Amen. So we see that at, this is the patterns and, and, and there's ha they're happening right now. All right. Now, what was the original question? Uh, Jesus, like any good teacher, he gives us a lot. He gives us a lot of information uh, and sometimes. Now, it's not complicated because he said he was going to make it so simple that the even the fool and the wayfaring man was going to make it in. Amen. But many times when we get a lot of information, we become confused. Amen. So this is why we have to study. This is why we have to gather our resources. This is why you need to do your own research. And you can do, uh, matter of fact, I thank God for uh, a lot of biblical illustrators that have put uh, illustrations out there. If you talk about the beast that John saw, um, based on the scripture, it gives you a real good illustration of, of that beast. And we, we've looked at that. Amen. So, uh, but you can do your own study and, and you can, um, you can discern what God is trying, trying to tell us. Amen. So, um, if we look at, uh, verse three, it says, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end 
of the world. My God. But when he answers this question, he answers it over two chapters in Matthew 24, 25. It's in Mark. It's in Luke. Amen. And in order to get the pattern, you need to put it all together. My God. So many times we get mixed up. We're not going on all the information uh, that we need. And sometimes the answers overlap. Amen. And certainly we know he did not answer the question in the order it was asked. Amen. Because he starts with the signs. Don't be deceived. Many are going to come in my name saying I am Christ and shall deceive many. My God, and we certainly know that's happening. My God, right now, people's minds are deceived. My God. So uh, he gives the answer, but it was not given in the order it was asked. He starts with the signs, and sometimes uh, we forget the end of the narrative, which is in the end of chapter 24. He talks about being watchful because there is going to be a waiting period. My God, no man knows the day, no man knows knows the hour, no man, nor angel. Come on, somebody. Uh, but there's going to be a waiting period. Amen. And he gives some examples there. He talks about before the flood came. Read uh, chapter 24 on down at the end of it. And then he 25, he starts recapping and giving a pattern of, of the answer. All right. He says uh, they were eating and drinking uh, before the flood. They were eating, drinking, giving in marriage. Amen. And they knew not until the flood came. What are we doing today? Eating, drinking, giving in marriage. Come on, somebody. Is that not a pattern? We certainly can see that pattern right now. Amen. Um, so um, he says that uh, there should be two in the field. One is going to be taken. Another is going to be left. But what does he say? Watch so that you don't suffer the loss of your house. My God, like the good man. In the scripture, come on, somebody. If he had known when the robber was coming, when the thief was coming, his house wouldn't have been broken into and there wouldn't have been a great loss. But because he was not watching, my God. And he said, now, who is that wise servant, that faithful and wise servant who, when I come back, I find him so doing that individual is blessed. If you read verse 45, then verse 48 says, now, if that evil servant say, the Lord delayeth his coming, my God, in other words, I got time. You know, when you talk to people and, and when I was talking about that scripture uh, in Revelation, it says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold that's been tried in the fire. And you talk about people, tell people to, you know, it's time to get back in church. It's time to get your life right. They'll tell you, I'm all right. You think you're all right, but you can't see. You don't have no discernment. These, these patterns are taking place. Uh, as Bishop Herman would say, his, his foot is over the threshold of the door because you're not paying attention. 
it's sooner than you think. You think you're okay. You think you're all right, but you're not. You're you're naked. You're wretched. You're undone. Come on, somebody. And I, uh, I salve on your eyes so the shame of my nakedness does not appear. You're naked and don't even know it. You're exposed and vulnerable. I got a good job and I got this and I got some savings. That don't mean nothing. God can blow on that overnight. My God, you talk about a moment in the twinkling of an eye. They don't even have to be overnight. All right. So uh, in verse 48, he talks about that evil uh, servant that will say the Lord delayeth his coming. I got time. And because he thinks he got time, he begins to smite his fellow servants and eat and drink with the drunken. Oh, my God. Is that not a pattern that we're seeing today? Come on, somebody. And the Lord will come and cut him asunder and will appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. We're living in a time now where people are talking one thing, but they're living another. Oh, I'm all right. Yeah. According to you, according to whose standard? Is that God's righteousness or is that your own righteousness? And self-righteousness is one of the worst things. My God, to thank you're right and you're wrong all the time. One of the most dangerous places to be in. Come on, somebody. He said where there should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. And then that brings us to Matthew uh, 25, where he now turns around and gives a pattern for the whole thing. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, He summarizes the narrative or the uh, pattern in three different parables. Amen. Um. We talked about a good, uh, an effective uh, speaker. I, I had public speaking uh, as I was coming along in uh, my um, not only high school, but college um, professors. And they said, every effective speaker, you're going to uh, tell them what you're going to tell them. You're going to tell them. And then you turn around and tell them what you told them. All right. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. This is what you're going to learn today. This is what I'm with the information I'm going to disseminate. Then go ahead and disseminate. Give them the information. Then turn around and in the conclusion, let them know what you have told them. This is what you've learned today. Amen. So um, in the conclusion, amen, uh, you make sure that you have answered the question. And sometimes when individuals um um, I fail to do it sometime because in my own mind, I, I think I've answered the question, but that don't necessarily have to be the case. But it's always a good idea to ask a person, did I answer your question? You see, sometime in your own mind, you yeah, I knocked this one out of the park. I gave it, I gave it from this side to that side and from that side to this side and from the bottom up, top down. And that person can still be confused, but it's always good to ask that person, did I answer your question? 
And sometimes you'll find out when they tell you no, well, they asked one question, but they really didn't want, they weren't even asking about that at all. They were asking about something else. So it's always good to answer the question. And in uh, chapter 25, Jesus comes back and gives us the narrative or the pattern in three different parables. Amen. When shall this thing be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Amen. So he gives them the pattern. Now, these are not just stories. All right. He's giving them answers to their question. Amen. And they asked him, Master, why do you speak to the people in parables? He said, uh, for you, it is to know the mysteries. Now, he said, my sheep hear my voice. Now, we, if out of all of us, we ought to be able to understand and know Amen. these patterns. Amen. We ought to be a studious of God's word. Amen. Um, study to show thyself approved. A workman that needeth not be ashamed. We ought to be able to rightly divide, amen, except the man be born again, he cannot see. When we are born again, he opens up our understanding. Come on, somebody, my God, that we might understand the scriptures. It is given unto us to know the mystery of Christ. Yet he said, my people, not other people, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Come on, somebody. My God, we gave the example in Luke 15. They said, how, what would we need to do to be saved? Amen. It was not just nice stories, but it was a pattern. It was a pattern. Um, uh, but the parables, he gave the parables so we could understand them. Amen. What did he do? He gave the parable of the lost sheep. We have that in Luke 15, 1 through 7. He gave the parable of the lost coin. He gave the parable of the lost son. The lost coin, that was verse 8 through 10. The parable of the lost coin, verses 11 through 32. Why? Because we need those examples because every uh, loss had something different about it. And how, uh, how that person can be recovered was something a little bit different. Not all, and not everybody that's lost needs to be recovered in the same way or going to be saved in the same way. Amen. So we have the lost sheep. Amen. That's somebody that's lost and can't find their way back. Amen. We have the lost coin. That, that's, that's even uh, worse. And now the sheep, I can go and, and call him. And uh, he hear my voice and, and maybe we can gather, but a coin can't call out. So what do I got to do now? I got to turn on the light and sweep the floor because the coin can't cry out. All right. Then do we have then the parable of the lost son. Now he's out there and don't want to come back. I'm on somebody. My God. So each one of these, how might we be saved? Each one of these uh, must be dealt with in a different way. Amen. Uh, the sheep, I'm going to have to go out and search. Amen. Because he doesn't know his way back. Uh, the coin, 
is an even a more dire uh, situation because a coin can be up under here. It can be inside here. I'm going to have to turn on the light and sweep the floor to get the coin. All right. Now the lost son, I got to wait at the gate. Come on, somebody. My God, you all know the parable of the prodigal son. It wasn't until he came to himself. And listen, we as parents, sometimes we don't deal with uh, the lost son as we should. We need to allow people to come to rock bottom. And I know it's tough as parents. You know, I don't want to see them hurt. I don't want to see them this, and I don't want them to see that. But until they come to themselves, remember somebody, that person that don't want to come back, you got to stand at the gate. Remember somebody. I know uh, I've shared this, you know, a lot of times people that are in an abusive relationship, I ask them, are you done? Have you taken your last beating, your last abuse? My God, I believe this is the time that we were talking about um, um, Rosa Parks. Anything that's tolerated can't be changed. If you can tolerate the abuse, I know somebody, it won't be changed. If you can tolerate making $5 an hour or $15 an hour, well, then there won't be no change. But when you get to the point that I am not going to tolerate this, that's the beginning of change. <laughs> Miss Rosa Parks said, you know what, well, listen, I've been working all day. My feet are hurt. I'm not going to get up and give my seat. To a man, I know somebody, my God, go sit at the back of the bus. And if there's no room back there, I'll have to stand. My God, and that was the beginning of change. My God. And certainly, um, each one of these must be treated in different ways. Amen. And certainly, uh, when that Lost son, that lost daughter, that lost uh, uh, loved one is when they get to come to the end of themselves. He said, my father have servants in his house living better than I am. I, I can't tolerate getting down here eating with this swine. I'm on somebody. And that was the beginning of change. My God. I think I'll go back to my father's house. And when he got there, who was standing at the gate? His father. Come on, somebody. My God. And ran and fell on his neck and hugged him and kissed him. Said, my son was dead, but now he is alive. Amen. All right. So Jesus, he said, we don't know when, but here is the pattern. Just like the seven feasts. Of Jehovah, I'm giving you a pattern that I'm going to follow. And when you see these things happening, you know that I'm just about at the door. Amen. Look at Matthew. Uh, we want 25, 24. We're going through uh, 42 through 48. He said, watch, therefore, or since this is, this is a fact, 
For you know not what hour the Lord doth come, but know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would have not suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, or since this is a fact, be ye also ready. My God, I'm coming as a thief in the night. You don't know the hour and I'm, when I'm coming. So since this is a fact, be ready. For in such an hour that you think not the Son of Man cometh, he that is a faithful and wise servant whom the Lord hath made ruler over his household to give him meat in his due season, blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he that make him uh, that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant shall say in his heart, the Lord delayeth his coming. My God, there's going to be a delay. And in that delay, that's when people are going to be overthrown in the wilderness. Come on, somebody. My God. <clears throat> so we don't know the time, but we know the pattern. And what does the scripture says? There's going to be a great falling away. We're in the waiting period right now. Come on, somebody. My God. All right. So what is the pattern? He says, I'm going to give you uh, three parables, the parables of the 10 virgins, the parables of the talent, the money and the sheep and the goats. Amen. All right. What was the question? When shall this thing be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Amen. So we're given three parables. Number one, a delay, the waiting period. Amen. And certainly this is the, the most dangerous time that I believe uh, that there is, because when you're waiting, that's when people slumber and sleep. Mm. Have you ever waited for your uh, your favorite program? And sometimes I fall asleep waiting on the 10 o'clock news. <laughs> My God. And, you know, the most important uh, stories go first. So sometimes you may wake up at 1015. You're like, oh, man, now I got to wait for the 11 o'clock news. So yeah, I'm talking about the local news. Uh, the national news goes all day. Amen. Have you ever fell asleep in the waiting? Come on, somebody. My God, uh, if you don't occupy and to find something to do to keep yourself busy, you will find yourself slumbering and sleeping. All right. What's the pattern? There's going to be a delay. There's a waiting period. There's going to be a removal. We have the parable of the 10 virgins. There is going to be a reward, the talents. Amen. Uh, and then there is going to be the return. And that's talking about the second coming of the Lord. Amen. Where he's going to judge the nations. He's going to separate the sheep and the goats. My God. 
But first, we have the most dangerous time, and that is the delay. Amen. Certainly. Um, uh, thought about the Old Testament saints, and I know we have read this scripture, and that was in Isaiah 5, 1 through 4. Uh, he says, now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved had a vineyard in a very fruitful hill, and he fenced it. He gathered all the stones out of it and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in the midst of thereof. Um, and he also made a wine press therein, and he looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. My God, what did he do? He went away. Do you think the Old Testament saints would have known of the delay? Yes, they would have. If they read Genesis and if they read Isaiah, they would know. And when he came back, I know somebody, he looked that it would bring forth grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. Did not he give us the Holy Ghost? Everything that we need. Come on, somebody. The indwelling of the Holy Ghost is God dwelling on the inside of us. What more could we ask for? Come on, somebody. To be baptized in his name and filled with his spirit. My God. And he says, now, uh, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you betwixt me and my vineyard, what could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. My God. So the Old Testament saints would have known. Come on, somebody. My God. And he has given us his Holy Spirit. My God. And he's requiring of us to live a life of holiness. Follow peace with all men and what? Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen. There's always a delay. We're in the delay right now. Come on, somebody. So this is the pattern. All right. There's going to be a delay. That's where we're in right now. Amen. I'm going away, but I'm coming back. Amen. And many will think that I'm not coming. They will be just like that uh, wicked servant said, you know, the Lord delayeth his, his coming and he begins to smite his fellow servants and begin to drink with the drunken. You know, you can't tell the difference between saints and ain'ts nowadays. Come on, somebody. My God, when you have the Holy Ghost dwelling on the inside of you, there's a difference. Come on, somebody. We're set aside. We're reserved. We're a royal priesthood. Come on, somebody. My God. He said the love of many shall wax cold. Is that not the day and time in which we're living now? And many are going to fall asleep. They're going to slumber and sleep. Now, in the um, seven feast of Jehovah, we are work waiting on the festival of trumpets. Amen. Uh, the festival of trumpets. Amen. What does the Bible say? And the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel. That's who he is. He's the he's the number one angelic being. And with the trump of God. 
Amen. Now, in Revelation 4, John said, um, and the first voice I heard was that of a trumpet. His voice sounds like a trumpet. My God. And what are we waiting on now? The Feast of Trumpets. My God, when he shall ascend from heaven with a shout, come on somebody, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. All right. And what happens after that? The removal. We're dealing with the pattern now. Uh, what's going to happen? It's going to be a delay. What happens after the delay? There's going to be a removal. We have the 10 virgins. He will come and he's going to remove those that are his. Amen. There's going to be a reward, the talents. He's going to reward those that have been faithful unto him. Come on, somebody. And what happened to that wicked one that had the one talent? He said, thou wicked and slowful servant, you could have put it in the bank and, and, and I could have received it with interest. But he went and he said, I know that you are in a store. You're a hard man, reaping where you have not sown. My God, <laughs> my God. Yeah, well, you know, I guess, thank God, I'm not God. So I took it and hid it. He said, thou wicked and slowful servant. Come on, somebody. Cast him out where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. All right, then there he's going to return. Amen. He's going to give us our reward. Uh, then he's going to return. Now we're talking about the uh, 19th chapter of Revelation, where he's going to return on the white horse in the white garb, and we will be on our white horses with all of our white garb, and he's going to judge the nations. My God, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Amen. My God. And after he finishes his work here on earth, that's what we have. Here is the delay. This is where we are right now. We're waiting on his return. He, everything has been set and he has given unto us everyone according to his several ability. And, you know, it seemed like he would have gave me 10 talents and, and gave you the two and gave you the one. Then listen, he know what you're capable of. He gave the talents according to their several ability. Everybody's got to run their race. Somebody said, you know, he said there's a, 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 a 30-fold, there's 60-fold, there's 90-fold, and there's 100-fold. Did I get that right? I, I believe. <laughs> so don't, don't compare yourself with somebody else. Now, you know, you always got the, you know, the... Um, 100-fold that want to compare themselves with the 30-fold. Well, I'm doing as much as so-and-so is. He gave it to you according to your several ability. Well, why can't I have a mega church? <laughs> Obviously, I can't handle one. Oh, you don't want me to have one. 
And those are my, I'm satisfied. My God. I told you all when I said, found out that I was going to be a pastor, I told the Lord, listen, I just want to be saved myself. I don't need to be responsible for somebody else. My God. So maybe you thank God you don't have a mega church. He gave unto everyone according to their several ability. And then he came back. There's going to be a delay. Now he comes back and said, what have you done? The one that had five, he said, listen, I, I, I went to work. Uh, I, I took that five. I, I did what uh, you had given according to my several ability. And guess what? I've gained five more. All right. One with the two. What, what did you do with yours? I took that two. I put it to work and, and I gained two more. And then the one, I know you were on a store, a hard man, reaping where you have not sown. So I took mine and hid it, and, and, and here it is. <laughs> My God, you mean to tell me you didn't do nothing? My God. All right, so he's going to separate. Amen. He's going to give the uh, rewards. He's going to give the talents. And then we have the return. All right. <clears throat> so we don't know when he's coming. But we do have the pattern. When? When is this going to happen? Well, after the delay. Well, when is the delay going to end? Well, we don't know. But you better be ready. Patterns of the end times. Amen. Let's look at um, Matthew. and uh, We're going to go to 25, 1 through 3. We're going to look at these uh, different parables. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth and to meet the bridegroom. And the five uh, that were wise, the five that were foolish, and they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took the oil in their vessels with their lamps. Look at this. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. My God, there's going to be a delay. My God. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so lest there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. 
But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know ye not. Watch, since this is a fact, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. My God, at that time, the cry was made at midnight. They say it's always darkest before the dawn, right? All right. Uh, at that time, well, when is that? That's after the delay. Amen. And we know that during the delay, we're going to have earthquakes in direst places. We're going to have wars and rumors of war. Come on, somebody. The Old Testament church, they would have known this as well. Um, and uh, Paul knew that it couldn't have happened in his day. But he said, and I have hope toward God that they're going to be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. Come on, somebody. Did he know it was going to be a 2,000-year span? I don't know. But he said, I have hope toward God that there is going to be a resurrection. And Job even um, prophesied it himself. Yet I shall see him in my flesh for myself and not for another. Come on, somebody. My God. So if they had read the scriptures, which I'm sure they did, they would have known that there is going to be a delay. Amen. My God, the wedding is going to take place just like the Bible says. And that's what the Bible is all about in Revelation, the unveiling. Amen. Uh, Jesus finally gets his bride. Amen. Revelation, the unveiling. My God, we talked about the Jewish veil, solid, uh, our traditional veils. You can see right through. You can see who's coming down the aisle and the wrong person coming. Everybody's going to know. <laughs> My God. But in a proper Jewish wedding, that veil is solid. You don't see. You don't know until the veil, the, unre the removing of the veil. Come on, somebody. My God, the revealing. That's what revelation is. Amen. Jesus will finally get his bride. Amen. What are we? We're the bride of Christ. Come on, somebody. My God. We're adorned. Amen. Uh, for the bridegroom. Are you ready? Come on, somebody. My God. Are you getting ready? He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Amen. All right. We have another pattern, uh, patterns, types, and shadows of, uh, of prophecy. We have the pattern of Jacob's trouble. That was another pattern. We have, I threw that right in here. Uh, what did he work? He worked seven years for Leah, but he wanted Rachel. Did he not? And uh, when it was revealed, <laughs> my God, and he didn't know till the next uh, day because Laban made sure that things were nice and dark. Um, when he woke up in the morning and found out it was Leah, he had to go back now and work another seven years for Rachel. 
This is known in the Bible as uh, the time of Jacob's trouble. Amen. All right. Now, Jesus did not receive his first bride, his first choice. He said he came to his own and his own received him not. Come on, somebody. My God. How long is he going to have to work to get his intended bride? Seven years of the tribulation period. Seven years he's going to have to work. My God, to get his intended bride, but that bride is going to go through hell on earth. I'm on somebody. My God, I I should word that differently. We are the bride of Christ. There's only one bride of Christ, but there are going to be tribulation saints. He's going to have to work another seven years amen, to get his intended. That was his intended bride. But now we, because they rejected him, we have him. Come on, somebody. And it's going to be another seven years. That's a pattern. Uh, Jacob's trouble. All right. Um, The virgin, the bride will be taken. If we look at the definition of a virgin, that is yet to be taken. Amen. But we are all betrothed unto him. Amen. Uh, What are we? We are a bride in waiting. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, We are to be true to him. Amen. All the... Um, responsibilities of a wife, a husband and wife are intact. Amen. Uh, it was dangerous for Mary to be found with child. Come on, somebody. And not married. Why? Because she could have been stoned to death. And God had to deal with Joseph and say, listen, fear not to take Mary for thy wife. My God. Is that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So while we are waiting uh, to wed him, all of the responsibilities are still intact. Come on, somebody. I have to save myself for him. Come on, somebody. Thou shall have no other God before me. There's no other God coming after me. There, and beside me, there is no savior. Come on, somebody. I can't run with the devil and walk with God. Amen. I am a set aside. I'm a peculiar. I'm a royal priesthood. Come on, somebody. My God. I'm adorned for my husband. This is This is the... Uh, the if we think about that wedding, we, we have the bridal room where the bride may come in with jeans and then she strips everything down and she starts with some Victoria's Secret and she puts on, a you know, a garter and puts on a, a wedding gown. Come on, somebody. My God. And when she comes down that aisle. She's adorned for her husband. This is our waiting room. We're getting ourselves uh, waiting. Now we talked about the 10 virgins. Why 10 virgins? Because 10 represents the perfect t- testing of time. Amen. The, the completion of the time of testing. 
we talked about this. This was in Revelation, the second chapter in verse 10. He's talking, this is the letter to the church at Smyrna. And who was they? That was the persecuted church. Come on, somebody. And be careful because now they're going to offer you up to be persecuted. I'm on somebody. This is a time of persecution for those that are uh, the church, the true church of God, because we're living in a time where they're going to be calling wrong, right and right, wrong. I'm on somebody. My God. And be careful when all men speak good of you. Something, something's wrong. When everybody uh, speak good of you. And when you seek to please men, you cease to please God. Amen. So that 10 in Revelation 2 and 10, if you turn there, we will read this. It represents the perfect, the completion of the time of testing. The letter to Smyrna, the persecuted church, he he said, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. That you be, that you may be tried. Come on, somebody. I've been through the fire and been through the rain, been the storm. Come on, somebody. But through it all. All right. And what does it say? And you shall have tribulation 10 days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. My God. Let's look at, um, let's go back to uh, verse, that was 10. Let's go back to verse, we're going to read uh, Revelation 2, 8 through 11. He said, and unto the angel of the church of Smyrna write, these things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and the tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil uh, shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried, not destroyed, tried, not, uh, my God, uh, not burn up, tried. Come on, somebody, my God, your tests and trials come only to make you strong. My God, my God, that you may be tried and ye shall have a tribulation 10 days. Be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. Why 10 after the completion of the time of testing, I'm going to give you a crown of life. My God. Why virgins? Because he came to take a bride for himself. We are the bride of Christ. Come on, somebody. Now, listen. They all thought they were going to the wedding, but only five made it. Mm. Only five were going to go in, but they all showed up. There's a whole lot of people showing up today. 
but ain't everybody going to make it in. Hmm. Come on, somebody. My God, they've been invited. They've been invited, but not everybody's going to make it. This is the pattern. This is the pattern. Come on, somebody. We're in the waiting period right now. Let's see if we can get some more of this in. All right. Who took their lamps? We look at Matthew 25 and 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto the ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. All of the all of them took their lamps. Come on, somebody. And we had a description of what the lamp meant. What is the significance of the lamp? We found that in Psalms 19, 119, 105. 119th division, a number of song, and verse 105. What does the lamp mean? What does it says? Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. My God, you have to have the word of God. What did David say? Thy word have I hidden it in my heart that I'm an emphatic, I will not sin against God, God's word is light. Amen. The scriptures are able to make us wise unto salvation. The scripture contains everything you need to know to make it in, to please God, to walk upright before him, to hear him say, well done. Come on, somebody. My God, who is that wise and faithful servant? that when he comes back, find him so doing. I'm on somebody. My God, I want to hear him say, well done. All right. So our foundation all believed the Bible, but not all of them were ready. They all had lamps. They had the propensity to be saved. Come on, somebody. You can find the, the biggest of criminals, crooks and thieves and backbiters and hypocrites. They all got Bibles. Ah, just because you got a Bible don't mean you're ready. Amen. We talked about the court. Everybody's uh, a, uh, required to put their hand on the Bible and swear tell the truth and nothing but the truth, but everybody ain't telling the truth. Whole lot of folk are lying. Come on, somebody. And that's the purpose of the trial. Come on, somebody, to bring out the truth. What's going to happen? Evidence. My God, evidence is going to take place. It's going to be presented. And because of the evidence, we are going to be able to, to determine the truth. My God. Amen. So uh, there are many people that have Bibles. My, you, the devil even knows scripture. But you know, he's reserved unto um, uh, darkness, judgment. Come on, somebody. He knows what his end is. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, people will tell you, uh, I got a lamp. Yeah. But you're not going to be, you're not going to make it to the wedding. Amen. It, it takes more than just having a lamp. Come on, somebody. The devil got the Bible. He's got the word, but he has no oil. He has no anointing. 
Come on, somebody. He was an anointed one. But Jesus said, I saw him fall as lightning when he thought he was going to ascend into the seat of God. Oh, nobody. Come on, somebody. So he knows the word, but he has no anointing. Amen. Uh, so they have not the oil. The anointing is not there. A lot of people have the word, but they hold it in unrighteousness. How do we know that? We went to Romans, the first chapter, verses 18 and 19. What does it say? Romans, the first chapter, verses 18 and 19. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it unto them. Oh, they got a Bible. They know the word. But they hold the truth in unrighteousness. Come on, somebody. My God. They have the Bible. They have the truth. But they have no oil. There is no anointing. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, let's look at um, that same verse again. The lamp, they had lamps, but no oil. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto the ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Amen. Uh, you have your lamp, but do you have the oil? It's one thing to have the lamp, but it's, you got to have the anointing. Among somebody, what did, what did Jesus tell the woman at the well? Ye worship, ye know not what. Come on, somebody. We know the God in whom we worship. And uh, John 4 and 23 says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth. For the father seeketh such to worship him. My God, we know the God in whom we worship. Amen. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers, the true worshipers, now everybody worshiping. Come on, what did he say? Depart from me. I never knew you. Oh, we've cast out devils and we've done many wondrous works in your name. Yeah, there's power in that name, Jesus. Come on, somebody. But you and I never had personal relationship. Amen. The true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit. We must have his spirit. And we got to have the truth, his word. Come on, somebody. What is truth? For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Amen. So you can say you believe, but if it doesn't change your life, what good is it? Come on, somebody. But without faith, faith is a motivator. Come on, somebody. If you believe it's raining, you'll grab your raincoat. You'll grab your hat. You'll grab your umbrella. Come on, somebody. If you believe it's cold, you'll prepare for that. If you believe that the Lord is coming back, 
as a thief in the night. My God. Therefore, since this is a fact, watch. My God. Watching is different than waiting. If I'm waiting, I can sit right here in my office and I can nod and fall and, and fall off to sleep, not slumber and sleep. But if I'm watching, I got a window right here and I got a window right there. I'm going to look out that way. I don't see you out front. I can see half of my uh, front sidewalk there to see if I can. I got another window right here. That's right uh, where the front porch is. If I'm watching, I know somebody, and if I don't see nothing, guess what? I'll get up and walk to the door, maybe open the door. If I'm just waiting, well, I'm going to slumber and sleep. But if I'm watching, I know somebody, my God, I'm anticipating. I'm making my calling and election sure. Come on, somebody. My God, each and every one of us, we have a work to do. Come on, somebody. We have to occupy. What is the oil for Exodus 27 and 20? What is the oil for? Exodus 27 and 20. And thou shalt command the children of Israel that they shall bring the pure oil, olive beaten for the light, to cause the lamp to burn always. My God, what good is a lamp with no oil? Come on, somebody. The oil is to create light, to provide fuel. Come on, somebody. My God, that's the anointing that's upon your life. Amen. Um, and as I say, it is given unto us that we should understand the mysteries of Christ. Let your light so shine so that the world might see. Come on, somebody. My God. The oil makes the lamp light up. Amen. I don't care if you got a thousand Bibles. Amen. It takes the anointing. It takes God to open up your understanding. Um, let's go to Luke 24, 45 through 49. All of those disciples that went with Jesus through the three and a half years of his earthly ministry uh, that baptized. Come on, somebody. Jesus was standing right there. Jesus only baptized his disciples. And after he baptized his disciples, Jesus did not do any baptizing. The disciples did the baptizing. Well, what name did they call? Well, they didn't have to call the name because the name was standing right there. Come on, somebody. My God. But what happened after he was getting ready to descend? 
What is it says? Luke 24, 45 through 49. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it, it shall behoove Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endowed with power from upon high. Come on, somebody. My God, you got to have the anointing of God. Unless a man is born again, he cannot see. What is born again? He must be born of the water. He must be born of the spirit. Only then is he enlightened, have his understanding open that he might understand the scriptures. Come on, somebody. My God, you need the Holy Ghost to bring back the things to you which have been taught. What does John 14 and 25 say? John 14 and 25. All right. Um, let's see. Yeah, John 14 and 26. I'm sorry. He says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father shall send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. But the comforter, if you don't know what the comforter is, the anointing is, it is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father is going to send it in my name. So what is the name of the Holy Ghost? It's Jesus. This is written in red. This is Jesus speaking. He said the Holy Ghost is in his name. It's Jesus. Uh, and he shall teach you. The Holy Ghost is not a it. The Holy Ghost is a he. And his name is Jesus. He's going to teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. That Latin prefix re, which means to bring back. In other words, when the Holy Ghost is fed, when you need it, it will bring it back to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. It's so important that your Holy Ghost is fed. And if we can remember the words of Johnny James, he says, can all you get, get all you can, can all you get and sit on your can. Get all you can, can all you get, what is that? Bible class, Bible reading, Bible research, preaching, come on somebody, anointed messages, amen. Get all you can, can all you get, and sit on your can so the Holy Ghost can bring back 
to your remembrance whatsoever he have taught you. Come on, somebody. My God. The anointing, the oil is so important. Let's look at Exodus 29 and 7. No oil, no anointing. My God, the dedication of the priest. Exodus 29 and verse 7. I can turn so I can kind of give you time. If I can get there, I know it's time enough for you to get there. All right, Exodus 29 and 7. Then shalt thou take the anointing oil and pour it upon his head and anoint him. Come on, somebody. In preparing the priests, you got to take the anointing oil and pour it on his head and anoint him. My God, I thank God. Uh, when the Passover, he says that um, take that lamb, kill it, drain its blood into a basin, take hyssop, a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood, and then put it upon the doorpost of the home and run in there and stay in there. Come on, somebody, because when I see the blood, I'm going to pass. Come on, somebody. My God. I'm so glad we don't have to run in the house no more. Come on, somebody. The blood has been applied from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. My God. And there to my heart, was the blood applied. My God. Hallelujah. When he sees me, he sees me through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And the blood hides a multitude of sins. How many thank God? Anybody thank God for the blood? Come on, somebody. My God. Anybody thank God that the blood has been applied unto you? My God. Samuel, when he went to the house, come on, somebody, to anoint David. Amen. He went to the house to anoint David, and they brought all of the tall, dark, and handsome in. Now, Samuel, remember, he had to have an excuse. He said, man, if I go down there and, 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 and Saul finds out I'm going down there to anoint a king, he's going to kill me. <laughs> All right, uh, Samuel, take you some oil. Say you're going there down there to, you know, to anoint them at the house of Jesse. Amen. <clears throat> and they brought all the tall, dark and handsomes. And Samuel said, is there not another? My God, how did he know? They said, well, there's already David. Out there, you know, he ain't much to look at. He, he's not tall in stature. You know, he's not head and above, head and shoulders above the crowd like uh, Saul is. But you know, uh, he's he's out there. And when uh, David comes in the room, the oil in the horn starts to rattle. Come on, somebody! My God. 
God said, that's the one. He, now, I may not look like nothing to you, and I may not meet your approval, and I might come not come up to your standards by God, but I am what God says I am. My God, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. My God, the oil in the horn. My God, it began to rattle. Mm. That's God's choice. My God, when he filled you with his spirit by the evidence of speaking in tongues, my God, the Lord himself wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life. All right, I am out of time. I am out of time. All right. Uh, we're going to continue with this pattern. Now, listen, in order to understand this pattern, we're going to have to go through a lot of scripture. And only then we can get the pattern and we'll understand the patterns of the end time. Amen. And everything that we're talking about now. Amen. He said in the last days, he's going to pour out a spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Come on, somebody. In the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit. My God, his oil is going to be applied to the sons and the daughters. And there are those that don't believe in, in women preacher. Well, he said your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. You can't, you can't get around the word of God. Amen. He said, it has gone out of my mouth and it will not return unto me void. It will accomplish what I have set it out to do. Amen. So these things, these things are happening right before our very eyes. We have some powerful uh, woman preachers, powerful woman pastors, powerful women leaders. Come on, somebody. My God, God is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Amen. And how do we know? Because it is the last times. Amen. All right. We're going to finish up this pattern. Well, I don't know if we'll finish it, but we will continue it. If the Lord says the same, if the Lord be my helper, if it be the Lord's will, Amen. On next Wednesday. Until that time, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my prayer. The time got away from me. I'm sorry. Um, sorry, but not sorry. But if you're under the sound of my voice and uh, you haven't been baptized in Jesus name and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues, my friend, you're not ready to go in to meet the bridegroom. Mm. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus name, God is operating out of his divine nature, which is love. Come on, somebody. And unless you have him dwelling on the inside of you, you are not going to understand my God, his divine nature, because you are none of his. Except you're born of the water and of the spirit. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God. If you haven't had that experience, call me 734-477-6891. 
434-477-6891. Amen. Call me, call me, call me. Amen. Leave us a message. We will return your call. Share with you what thus saith the Lord. Amen. Uh, sit down with you, talk with you, talk with your family, meet you. Amen. Baptize you in the name of Jesus for the remission, the removal, the washing away, the forgiveness of your sins, and a great big God. Amen. To fill you with his spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And the Lord himself will write your name in the Lamb's book of life. My God. But we have this treasure, which is in earthen vessels. All right. Now I'm the lamp. I'm the vessel. And he's pouring his oil. Come on, somebody. This treasure in earthen vessels. My God. I have the best of me poured in. Now, ain't no value in this earthen vessel. But I have this treasure. It's been poured in me. The, the Lord has written my name in the Lamb's book of life. My God, I'm ready to go in and I'm ready to meet the bridegroom. How about you? If you're not ready, call me 734-477-6891. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. Let us bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for those that have gathered and heard the word. Let it fall upon good ground and bring forth much fruit, Lord Jesus. Open up our understanding that we might understand the scriptures, Lord. We don't want to be destroyed for lack of knowledge, my God, but order our steps, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. My God, make the vision uh, may write it and make it plain, Lord Jesus, that we might follow it, that we might see your face in peace. Father, these blessings we're asking in your name. In Jesus' name we pray and let all the people say, Amen.